you have big dreams that your business will lead to generational wealth, something that can be passed on to your kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids and beyond, something that they will love and put in as much energy as you do to keep it going. A business can be a big source of wealth. However, many business owners' kids don't want to take over their parents' businesses. That's the biggest problem I see because through the kids' eyes, the parents are working too hard, they're spending too much time on the business, and there's not much time for fun and freedom. Kids usually don't want to take over the business because they want to do less. I am Shanice Miller, and welcome to my podcast, Do Less. Yes, that's right, Do Less. It used to be cool to work 60 hours a week, but the world has gotten smarter and realized why spend more time to make the same or less money. I help small business owners build systems and processes to help them scale and find more time for themselves and their families. I'm going to provide you the best practices and all the tools and tips to scale your business. Welcome to my show. Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Now, I know that your business, Hancock Lumbers, has been in business since 1848, and I think that is so impressive. And I also heard that it's the 71st oldest family business in America. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool when you stop and think about it. You know, we, like all businesses, our focus is primarily on the present because you always have to be performing and improving in the present moment. But when you, when we pause and reflect and look at the company's history going all the way back to the 18th, 40s. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing. A lot of people contributed to our company giving from there to the present day. Mm -hmm. Who are the people who contributed the most? You know, that is a, a great question. But at the end of the day, I really have to say everybody and and I mean it this way, as you know, being successful in business is such a team sport. So, yeah, it takes good ownership, good management, but it also takes really great employee teams, really great customer teams, supportive families at home, even those who aren't maybe working day-to-day in the business. And then it always takes um, a little bit of luck and a lot of resilience. You know, one of my favorite quotes in terms of family business or or multi-generational businesses is this, that success looks easy to those who weren't around to watch it being made. It's a lot, it took a lot of work, a lot of hard work in good times and and not so good times. Wow. I, I really like the fact that you said that because it's true when we're looking at someone else's success, and I know for one as well, I've been guilty of looking and being like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And a lot of times not thinking about 
all of the hardship, all of the resilience, all of the time this person spent putting into it and trying to get other people on board. I mean, you talk about your employees, making sure that they're on board. We do systems to make sure that we are keeping everyone on board, but not even just employees. If you're wanting to keep it in the generation and keeping that family well to really get your kids on board. So did you always know you wanted to run the family business? So, no. In fact, when I was growing up in high school and college, the the thought of coming to work for the family business actually never crossed my mind. Why? <laughs> Silly as that sounds in hindsight. I had uh, different dreams and aspirations at the time of what I wanted to pursue. I uh, was was very interested in coaching, basketball coaching and teaching, and it started down that path with a career, and then, and then life happens. My dad, who was running the company, got quite sick quite mm-hmm. suddenly, and it made me stop and think, and I ended up shifting paths, and I've now been at the company, working at the company for 33 years, but and I loved it, but it was not ever part of a kind of a master plan that I had. It just kind of happened. Yeah, I deeply feel you on that. My dad got sick as well quickly and early on in his life. And that changed the, my whole mindset around going that career path as well. So I, I completely understand where you're coming from with that. I was on that path going into like the working workforce and thinking I was going to go that way. And when he got sick, I really started to think about how would I be able to make money if I was sick? How could I have a passive income if something like that were to happen to me? Because my dad was a completely healthy guy. And so for him to get sick so quickly over a four-year time span, he went from having 20-20 vision to being deemed legally blind. I was wondering, and that was one of those things that kind of kept popping in my mind, like, what if I get into a car accident, I have to go to the hospital and, you know, how am I going to make money? How am I going to afford things at a young age? So you wanted to get into coaching, your dad got sick, and how did you say, you know, you would step in, like, wouldn't... Were you, you said in high school and college, did he get sick when you were in college or? No, shortly after I was uh, maybe 25, 26, I'd been out working for a few years. So yeah, I, I ended up changing my mind, came to work for the company. I had a lot to learn about the business and it turned out I really kind of had to learn it pretty quickly because my my dad ended up passing away a few years later Sorry to and know. at a really young age I was running the company I was president of the company at age 31 and like well my 31 year old self was really confident that running the company would say be easy but something I could definitely do and and do well and I ended up doing well we ended up doing well but boy I had a lot more to learn than I thought and I have a lot of respect looking back on my career at how difficult B 
being successful in business for a long period of time really, really is because not only are there so many competitive challenges in, in a market, in any marketplace, but then just things you don't even see coming uh, can upset the apple cart of a company in a hurry. I remember back around 2008 when the national housing and mortgage markets collapsed and mm-hmm. our company's revenue because uh, we're tied really closely to housing and construction our mm-hmm. revenue fell by 50 percent in 36 months without wow. a customer how did that feel it, it it's humbling it, you know i i would say a career in business is is a, a real blessing, but it's also humbling because you realize eventually that everything you have is fragile mm. and you cannot take it. You, you should not, you can, but you should not take it for uh, granted. Yeah, I agree. Even the longevity of life. Now, I know growing up, my dad tried to plant that seed of like, he was going to pass this on to us. Did you hear the same thing when you were growing up? Like my dad did stuff like he wanted me to come into the office on like certain weekends to do the books with the bookkeeper so that I could see certain things. I mean, like you, I didn't feel like I was prepared to really run the business when he got sick either. And I I didn't. Um, Those things weren't really transferred over too well. But how how was it when you were growing up? Did your dad say anything to you or parents say anything to you about, you know, you were running the business or you had to work in the business as a kid? That's a, a great question. Both my brother and I in high school and college summers worked at company, but we never had any real deep conversations with my dad about a career in the business, but I think what did you do in the company when you worked for it? Yeah, I was out doing a lot of frontline jobs, working in the lumber yard, putting away product, cleaning up things, driving a delivery truck. Those the grunt work that kids usually don't want to do. (laughs) Those types of things that back then you do if you had a summer job at the company. Now did you enjoy those tasks? Um, Back then, yeah, I mean, I did. I I I felt a little bit of pressure, you know. Being uh, it, this is a family business, a multi generational family business, and mm. and my family's names on it, and you feel like you have coming a bit of privilege or opportunity that you in some ways haven't necessarily yet earned. So I liked it, but I, it also was a little bit uncomfortable. I remember looking looking back on it, being completely honest. What made it uncomfortable? Well, I just think, again, the expectation. I think there was an expectation unspoken that in some way my brother and I would eventually take over the business you know this was one of those ages and businesses where a family member uh, a male family member typically the 
oldest male family member had always run it. And and I was the oldest male family member. And so while it wasn't ever expressly discussed, I think it was kind of always in the back of my mind. And I think what can be a little bit difficult about that is that what I really want to do. Am I really going to be able to break into my own identity and be my own person, my own leader within the organization? Uh, Will I like it? Will I be good at it? Uh, There's a lot of pressure in a long-standing business, or there can be like hours to um, not fail, you know, on my watch per se. So... Yeah, there are a lot of, and, and there are a lot of great joys that have come with it too, but it's not all been just simple, easy, happy, automatically, yes, this was something I wanted to do. I had a lot of uh, kind of growing as an individual to come into my own voice, if you will, within my leadership role in the company. Okay. And now you mentioned that you, as a kid, you were thinking about like, is this really what I want to do? Do I have other things I want to do rather than that? What kind of steered you into coaching? I I just really enjoyed um, athletics, particularly basketball. I played in college and I just thought that would be a really fun career path. And I ended up teaching as well and I really loved teaching but it turned out I felt that in hindsight that teaching and coaching were really good training grounds for business leadership you know you think about a classroom you have to be able to walk into that room and earn the class's attention and interest and and able to connect with players or students on an individual level, to be good listeners, to be a good communicator, to create a vision, all of those things that are also critical, of course, as you know, to running a a company. Yeah. Yeah. So is that how you developed your second business, the business of shared leadership? How did that come about? Yeah, so that, no, that came about later in life. In 2010, I uh, kind of right at the peak of that housing and mortgage market collapse, I ended up acquiring a rare neurological voice disorder that at the time made speaking almost impossible. Back then, there's no way I would have been able to be on your show. So I was rather quickly in a difficult economic time trying to figure out how to lead the company without really being able to use my voice. Wow. How did that feel? Uh, That was scary and unsettling because I hadn't thought about it at the time. But but of course, if you're a CEO, your your primary tool is your voice. And suddenly I couldn't use it. But here's what happened, Janice. When it's uh, hard to talk, you come up with strategies for doing less of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. You know me, do less. <laughs> yes. 
this is right up your alley, this, this next point. And my strategy was to, at work, answer a question with a question, thereby putting the responsibility for speaking right back on the other person. So someone would come up to me at work with a question because I was the boss or the CEO. But now I couldn't use my voice at the time. So I started saying things like, gee, that's a good question. What do you think we should do about it? Wow. He or she would, would tell me, and then I would essentially simply say, okay, great, let's go do that. And off he or she would go with his or her solution to the problem that they sought. Now, what I'd love to share with you there is after hundreds of exchanges like that, here's what really struck me, which ties to your mission of, of doing more by doing less. Here's what struck me. People already knew what to do. They did not hardly ever need a top-down management-centric directive. What they really needed was the encouragement and the work culture safety to trust their own voice. That's what got me into what I now talk about today is the business of shared leadership, which for me is about a new leadership model that disperses power, not collects it, mm. and that gives other people a stronger voice. And what happened is I ended up doing a lot less. Everyone else in the organization ended up leading more. And our company took off and soared and is soaring to this day on that basic set of principles that I really stumbled upon through a, a voice condition that wow. that forced me to leave differently. That is truly incredible. Like, and this is exactly what I hear you talking about when you're talking about you had to be resilient. Like you're taking over the company when your dad got sick. Like that's already pretty tough to have to step into huge shoes to learn a lot of things that, you know, as a kid, sometimes you think you know everything because you did a couple of the jobs. But now that you're in your dad's shoes, it's like, oh, I really don't know everything. He didn't necessarily prepare me to get into this because I'm taking it your dad was that chief bottleneck guy. <laughs> he was doing, <laughs> my dad was a chief bottleneck guy too. And so, you know, when you're going to hand it over, even though it's like, oh, my kids were watching me do this. It's like, but we don't have your knowledge. That knowledge transfer wasn't there. And that's the biggest thing that we help our clients with is that knowledge transfer. But to go in to have to deal with your sick dad, to have to deal with the grief of him passing, then to have to deal with the stock market and the housing market crash and everything kind of going down from there and having this speech difficulty that that's really tough to deal with that you had to keep overcoming those obstacles time after time again. What made you keep moving forward instead of giving up? Well, that's another Great question. I'm really wired to keep moving forward. I like the idea of giving up just doesn't really occur to me with respect to anything I'm passionate about. But then the big 
me excited, super excited about moving forward is seeing how the company was improving as I kept doing less. Mm -hmm. So I ended up getting a good bit of my voice back, but would never go back to using it in the old way I used it before. And I really started to see something magical in, in a leadership approach that dispersed power, that shared leadership, and that gave other people a stronger voice. And, and that's really inspired me to pursue that path to its fullest at our company. And then to write books, go on shows like yours, give talks about the the opportunity for leadership to reinvent itself uh, along the lines of the, the you know the mission of your show and work. Wow! So you've gone through all of this. Do you have any kids of your own? We do. We have two adult daughters. There, one's. 30, the others in their late 20s. One of them today uh, works at the company and the other one doesn't. But we've tried to make it really comfortable for everyone in the family to pursue their own voice. It's how I've come to think of it. And, and to have a company that has a really good leadership team, management team, board of directors, and create paths for the family members to work in the company or just be really great, great owners, which is a super important role in and of itself, and pursue their own dreams in, in other ways. Wow. So... How can, well, what are you doing to get your kids excited about taking over the business? How are you getting them excited and helping them to do less besides <laughs> what you're already showing? Yeah, well, I think the first, the first thing is to make it really clear that there's no expectation for what they have to do or need to do within the business, that that should be on their terms in ways that are meaningful to them. I think we really throw individual in that regard. I want everyone to to be living the, the life that they feel called to live. And if that includes work inside the company, that's great. And if it doesn't, that's great. And and I really don't want any any pressure that way on anybody in the family. Yes, I hear that. And when you were talking too, I heard that pressure seemed like that was top of mind. So it did seem like even though your parents didn't talk about it, there was still a pressure that you were going to take over this business. And that seemed to have, you know, it definitely impacted you, but weighed on you a little bit where it can be a turnoff to some kids if they feel that pressure. So giving your kids not the pressure, taking that pressure off of them, letting them to see and find out what their strengths are and maybe see how that's aligned in the company. That definitely seems like the be the better way to do less with your kids and <laughs> getting them excited about the business instead of trying to force them and yes. exerting more pressure. 
Yeah, I like how you said that, applying that do less approach to your family lineage with respect to the family business so that if people within the family end up working in the business, it's organic and for reasons that serve them. Yes. So thank you so much, Kevin, for coming on, for sharing with me your story about resilience and doing less and how that actually helped your business to propel forward your Hancock uh, Lumbers business and also the business of shared leadership. That has truly been amazing and just it's impacted my life. So thank you so much for sharing. It's uh, great to be with you. You're you're uh, a joy to talk to and and you are creating an opportunity for lots of people to have a bigger voice like myself with you today. So way to go. Thank you. Thank you. This has been an amazing episode of Do Less with me, Shanice Miller. Share this episode with anyone who needs to hear this today. Leave a five-star rating and review. And remember, if you're a business owner and need to do less in your business, click the link in the description to work with me.